0: It is Sunday, April 18th, 2021. This is the Friendship News Hour presented by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank Wetha. I am joined tonight with Alex Kenzie. Hello. How are you doing, Frank? Fantastic, Al. Honestly, can't complain. Um, not even a little bit. I had a fantastic weekend in Joshua Tree. I uh, capped it off with 18 at Torrey Pines. Um, I feel guilty about the amount of fun that I'm having this weekend. <laughs> and following, yeah, this upcoming week is going to be uh, quite fun. Yeah, man. Just fun on fun on fun, you know, no rest for the wicked. What are you going to do?
1: <laughs> what was, uh, Jacob was Tree like I've never been there. I'm sorry. What was Jacob tree? Like
0: I've never been there. Uh, it's Joshua tree <laughs> in respect to Mr. Joshua. I, just I don't Jacob know who he is, that. but it's his tree. And, uh, that yeah, was cool, man. It's an interesting, sp- it's an interesting place. It's a, uh, it's a desert. That's where you too, lives, right? Ha! <laughs> um, no, I almost, I almost put that album on. I'm like, nah, I'm not that pretentious. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a desert, but it's in the mountains. So you're up like 2,500, 3,000 feet. And, uh, all the mountains are just like crumbled, uh, rock. So it's okay. all sand, all rock. It's just a big desert in the mountains. It's a weird place, man. It's otherworldly. It's, it, it, it doesn't exist very many other places on the, on the earth, I'm guessing. Um, and, and Joshua trees only exist in that area too. They're just a variation of a yucca tree and they're okay. just littered all over the, all over the park. But it was cool, man. We, we, we set up camp. We, uh, pitched a tent, did the whole nine, roughed it. You stay at like a campground or just like out in the wilderness? Yeah. So you can normally, well, if you're lucky, you can get a, a campsite within the park, but the way that area of Southern California is set up, it's all basically just like big flat plains of sand. Uh, so all dirt roads. And, uh, there's a guy running out some, some spaces on his property where you could go and camp. So yeah, it was it. Cool. had, had some, you know, a little shower, little outhouse, compost uh, bathroom. Shit was crazy, dude. Damn. You had to like, yeah, yeah, like if you took a if you took a dump, you had to like cover it with uh, like pine shavings. That's hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's <was> great. There's <laughs> it new things so I had to experiment well, with it. Huh. Um, it. Was the pine shavings to keep bears away, or I don't, I don't know. It, it like it composts your your, uh, your uh, do-do. Okay. That's how pine trees are formed. After. Hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, it just becomes compost. You can use it to plant whatever you want. Um, wow. Hmm. Because they're off the grid. So they don't have access to plumbing. They don't have access to um, running water or anything like that. It's completely off okay. the grid. So did you already say how many thousand feet you are like up? They like 3000. Three th- okay. So for um, comparison, Denver's at like, 4,500 ish, maybe a little less.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When um, I went there last time I stayed with, uh, we stayed up in the mountains more and we were up at, t- we stayed at like 10,000 feet, man. Whole weekend. It's a lot. It was awesome though. It's a lot really of really cool, really pure air that that cup of coffee in the morning was like mm-hmm. the most like this relaxing. This is similar. This yeah, is similar. Okay.
0: It's, it's, it's got like cleaner air, although it's, it's a little bit dustier because, um, it just picking up a lot of sand on the ground, but, but it's, you know, yeah. it, it's, 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 it's pure air up there. It's clean air. Um, so it was cool. It's just different. It's not, it's not, I wouldn't classify it as beautiful. You know, it's not, um, you're not like, you're not like at awe at the beauty of Joshua tree. It's just different. A lot of people like go there to trip. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just a big expanse of desert. So it's a, it's yeah. the perfect place to go and just get lost in your mind. Yeah, hell yeah Yeah, so it was fun, man Um, Got up there Friday, left this morning Quick little weekend trip Sweet, sweet, sweet What'd you been up to?
1: Uh, Man, this weekend I did a whole lot of working out, playing tennis, and golfing Nice, man American dream in it Nice
0: How goes the the golf game?
1: Uh, Broke 100 on Saturday, which for me I was pleased with um, it's rare to be honest. Like it's 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 like a medium day of golf for me. But I actually was I had some nice shots. I was I was impressed. I really need to work on my chipping game, which usually is not the case, man. Um, usually it's my it's my driving and my putting. But this weekend it, it was chipping game, man. Within like ten feet, I'm I'm like flubbing it, or like somehow like
0: nailing it, and then like just way over the green. That's okay when, when I'm um, trying. Go Just ahead. wait a little bit because then you're going to have uh, great chips and you won't be able to get off the tee. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's a cycle. It, it comes around. Is,
1: yeah. But then I went and played today, man. And I opened up real strong. First couple holes, I was making great fucking contact, uh, going like 10 to 15 feet left or right of where I was aiming it. But like, making the kind the that the, for me it's it's the contact is usually like the issue i'll be like topping the shit out of it or just hitting terribly but when i'm right. making good contact it's like hey, i can live with 10 15 left or right um and then i don't know what happened man i just fucking lost it i, I worked out for like two hours this morning so i was like yeah maybe i just fatigued but it's like you don't really use your chest that much in golf just so. too
0: small man <laughs>
1: it's a valid excuse no it's it's not there's it's uh, – I don't know. It's, uh, I just was, wasn't was seeing it today like I was yesterday. I shot much worse today. But uh, eh, by like five strokes, but still. Uh, Never a bad day. No, Never a bad got day when you're out golf. there swinging sticks. Yeah, I got to golf twice in one weekend. That's that's good. That's good. Not bad for those. a married man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's looking like this upcoming week, I'm going to get to play another two times, so
0: that'll be good with you. Yeah, uh, I'll, have, I'll have played probably like three rounds after – this week is over
1: that's nice yeah, man that bad. one round on Wednesday you're playing looks beautiful what's that course again it's called Medeiros.
0: Mm. it's in Poway it's a okay it's a nice little suburb in San Diego I've never played it um, it looks very difficult but I'm excited man it'll be fun playing with uh, some uh, executives in the company so that's nice yeah yeah from your nipples man, uh missed a lot of news this weekend, yeah, a lot of shit happened man fill me in i was I was off the grid i was I was in the desert, What what's been going down um the main one I mean one of the big ones
1: uh before the weekend started was uh this whole Adam Toledo situation here in Chicago,
0: oh yeah, man that's uh right in your backyard yeah, um it's, so tell it's me what, tell me what you been think about wild, that man it <sighs> it is the
1: first time me and Sarah were talking about this. It is, it is one of the first times that I can like look at the situation and fully agree with what the cop did. Um, I don't know that it was, I mean, in hindsight, it wasn't the right call, but like if there was already gunfire going on in the area, whether it was him or whoever else, um, you know, at that time, the cop doesn't, you don't know, you don't know who has the gun and and the way he turned, um, you know, it's clear in the video and you can watch it back and slow it down. Like you can see that he tosses the gun, um, but I mean, if you turn on on cops like that, I don't, I, it's just it's hard, man. That's such a split second thing, and and since there was gunshots f- already going on, it's it's just such a tough judgment call, man. Um, in, in the end, yeah, yeah, he made the wrong decision. The cop did, but I I can't say I would have faulted him either in that situation, man, because like
0: your life's on the line. You don't you you don't know. Yeah, well, let's give some background, you know, um, because it helps to paint the whole picture yeah um so first of all this this event happened march 29th so about 20 days ago did it
1: oh the so the
0: footage just came out this last week oh so this is this is a i mean it's not an old event but i you know in in today's news cycle this is a relatively old event so this happened on on monday um let me make sure i got the date right yeah, Monday the 29th of March. Okay. So about 2.30 in the morning, there is a call from a, uh, a gal who was close to this, uh, this event, and she called in uh, and, and reported hearing gunshots. About two minutes later, there's another call, and uh, this time it's a gentleman, and he calls in. And he reports hearing gunshots. So, maybe about 10 minutes later, the officer in question in this scenario arrives on a scene where two young males are fleeing. One of the males is age 21 and he gets pushed to the ground. Another cop comes in Cleans him up, puts him in custody, he's, he's no longer a threat, but there's another male running down the alley. So the video that people see shows about seven seconds from when the police officer gets out of his car to when he pulls the trigger of the gun. So he's arriving on the scene. He is aware of a shooting that just happened shots fired. 10 minutes ago sees two young men fleeing the scene and he begins to chase down who would end up being Adam Toledo. Chases him down, tells him to stop. The, the kid takes a gun out of his pocket, chucks it within the time of a millisecond and Begins to raise his hands up and get shot. So all this happens in about seven seconds. And like you said. It's hard to find blame. It's hard, it's hard to fault the police officer in that moment. And I think it's important to take in the whole story when considering this event. Right. Do they know
1: between, because from what I thought I heard, it was the 21 year old that was taking all the shots and he perhaps like just passed off the firearm. Uh, like if, if he already had like a case or something like that, like, yo, get out of here. They're not going to stop a kid. That's my best shot. Like just get this gun out of here.
0: Right. Is that and what happened so, or,
1: or did, did Adam Toledo shoot, take any shots?
0: I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know anything about what happened with, with the original complaint. Uh huh. Um, but if you're this police officer, you don't know the age of the person that you're right chasing down. So you know, is it a? Uh, it, is it a testament to the overreach of our? Police forces? Yeah, I don't know. Is it a testament to um, the rampant gang culture that is spreading like a virus in Chicago? Maybe, but I think more importantly, you know, we gotta we gotta make sure that what is being reported, what is being told is the whole story the truth everything that has gone on because i don't think you can have a discussion further from this incident or any of these incidents if you're not starting baseline from the truth so i didn't know the only thing that i heard about this story or saw was that this young kid got shot and if you look at like The headlines the next day, it was thirteen-year-old appears to be unarmed while shot by police in Chicago. And you know, while that's true, I think it's I think like I said, it's if you don't if you're not starting from the truth, the baseline, the what has really transpired, then you can't even have a, a higher discussion about why it is that this tragedy had to happen sure and i don't
1: think it's it, maybe as it is portrayed in some outlets like a hate crime in any way like as soon as this guy shot him he's rushing right up to him Wait, where were you hit buddy where were you hit show me where you're hit he's asking for med vax like med packs it right away from from the other officers calling it in um I, I, I don't think that this guy was like oh black dude i'm gonna shoot him I think he was he thought he was turning on him with the gun and that's like a very split second decision that you have to make and and hopefully you're trained for but it's really easy to to say from here like in this situation I feel like he should have been trained better Um, whereas like taser 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 I'm gonna shoot you with a gun that's that's a lot more of like a bad judgment call in my decision in, in my opinion
0: oh yeah and uh, it's 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 more than yeah I mean it it, it terrible judgment call. But should caps be shooting center mass in those situations
1: or you know I mean he hit him in the upper chest, or I should don't it know. be more I of don't like know a shoot that it, to maim thing like it, it, shoot for the leg? I think
0: the I think the question that you have to ask there is would you have done better? Would you or I have done better? Uh, uh, I don't probably, know. I don't know that anybody trains. can realistically answer that question yes or no. I, if you well, see the threat. It, if you see the th- listen, if you, if you see the threat and if you understand it as somebody who has possibly just fired a bunch of rounds yeah. somewhere at somebody, maybe who knows, we don't know. I don't know at this point what, what it was. Are we, is, it is is it reasonable to expect a police officer to make those? to pause for a second in that situation. Right. Right? Is it it, it reasonable to to expect somebody who's in that situation, who's patrolling the streets of Chicago at 2.30 in the morning to hesitate? Uh, I I would tend to say no.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like in in hindsight, you don't know the whole story and play devil's advocate. Like what if, if Adam Toledo... Or, or whoever he was with was shooting in self-defense, and but but when the cops showed up, you know, yada yada, all this happens. This kid gets shot or killed, you know, f- because this guy was was doing something to defend himself from someone else trying to jump him because of the like whatever. Um,
0: well, in that and, case, in that case, wouldn't the police be a? Wouldn't they be a welcome presence?
1: Yes. It, yeah. No. 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 For sure. For sure. Yes. That's that's a good point. Um, I guess really, what I was driving at is is it better to like try to train these cops because i mean they go when you say like would we have done it any differently um you know maybe not we might handle it even more poorly because we don't have nearly the training that they do and the hours that they do at the gun range etc like but do you think it should be something where instead of shooting because a lot of these guys are are trained as far as i know to shoot like center mass like that is the best way to like to incapacitate someone in one way or the other neutralize yeah would it be better, you know, shoot to maim, shoot for the thigh, where it's like that's going to stop him from moving towards or away from you? Um, but you have a better chance. I mean, you could still nick an artery, but you have a better chance of like that person surviving and then having an opportunity to go to the court system one way or the other and be proven innocent or guilty instead of. But do, you, of have a, a do kid you have a better dead.
0: chance of hitting that person's thigh than you do right. of hitting their center mass? Right. True.
1: Yeah. I think
0: these are. Are pretty unrealistic expectations for somebody in that in the heat of the moment like that. Right. And I don't know how long this particular police officer has been on that beat but I gotta imagine his experience on the streets that he's patrolling probably didn't make him feel very safe chasing somebody down an alley to then shoot at for their thigh, Two thirty in the morning to just, to just like, yeah, like just like, I don't know. Look, it's a different, it's a different beast when you genuinely fear f- that your life is going to be in danger. Yeah. And if sure. you know that you're on the side of the law and you go ahead and pull the trigger, I mean, I don't think it's any day that, uh, a cop wants to have or I don't know. That's why they signed up for the job, but I Think in that situation, it's got to be like well y- y- You have you have to You have to allow them to Feel as safe as possible to defend themselves while doing their job,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a a very fine line man. It's tough it's tough and you hate to see a 17 year old, you know, another 13, 13,
0: 13, really 13 years old. And the question, you know, that I, I think that we can ask is wow. who's responsible for this 13 year old? Yeah. You know, and, and if I had to opine, if, if I'm wrong, may God strike me down where I sit. I guarantee you, this kid's father's not in the picture. Nobody with a father in their life is a is a thirteen-year-old gang member who has nicknames like Little Homicide, yeah, and Baby Diablo. And I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and talk ill about the dead or castrate this young man for being in the position that he's in, but. Who do, we, who do we hold responsible? Ultimately, where is the blame? Can you blame a single mother? Probably not. With limited options in a low-income neighborhood.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's frustrating.
0: It's frustrating yeah. that a 13-year-old can be driven into the quote-unquote loving arms of gang life but it's an all too familiar reality.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, at that point I you, you blame the environment, I guess. Um, I, I mean, cause it's, it's, the, it's a war zone, man. I, I can tell you firsthand it's, it's, it's. Yeah. I mean, you, you've lived down the block from, from Adam Toledo, basically. Man, yeah. And I go and I record in different parts of the city all the time. And, and I've been in sessions where people step out the back door and, uh, you know, for one reason or the other, if, 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 police had stopped someone, one of their, one of their friends in, in the area, they'll go and they'll just pop shots off in the, in the back alley just to try to distract them so that they can, they can run or, or, or they'll let him get away because that's more of maybe a serious thing than whatever they stop, whatever violation they stopped them for. And, and it's, it's, that's a reality that like those people like that, that, that is something that they've, they've done to like, try to just, uh, like help their people and like survive like everyday things. And that's, that's crazy to me. Like you would never see that in like in Sylvania, Ohio, where I grew up, man, like, like that's not, we got our own problems and like maybe like heroin problem in in that area. But like, it's a whole, it's a whole different beast, man. So it's like, and then you have a 13 year old and and kids that are probably way younger in these environments. And, And it's just, it's, it sets it on. It's just snowballs, bro. And it snowballed so big in, in Chicago and I'm sure in so many other cities across the country, bro. I I I have only really experienced it here myself, but i it's 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 got it's it's everywhere.
0: Yeah, it is. And I and I I, I honestly think in this in, in this scenario and in, in many others the the allowance for this behavior, the that we allow our, our children to go unparented and in this case, like I said, I don't know for sure, but I'd bet dollars to donuts that there was no positive male role model in this kid's life. I think that's a safe bet. And I think that's the, that's a tough thing to, to come to grips with because, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, where, where else, where else can you, like, how, how further to the core can you get to an issue like this then. The environment that this kid was raised in, and look—if this was a, a a child who was afforded all the opportunities that any child could afford, and he just went sideways, then I stand corrected. But but it, I I certainly think it's it speaks way more to the, the the things that we allow as as a society, and moreover, you know, th- the things that we decide to go the things that we decide to focus our attention to when we see a video, like we saw with Adam Sledo, or a story that we saw with Adam Toledo, you know, the, the mayor of Chicago responded with saying that she thinks they need to revisit the, um, the, the methods of pursuit by law, by law enforcement. That was her takeaway from this. She's not very liked in Chicago, man, by a lot all, uh, all different reason. kinds she's of a, people. She's she's a moron. Yeah. But when you when your leadership when, when the leadership that's supposed to be taking care of things like this in their city yet they choose that they're they're going to pander to the population that's most likely going to get them elected, well now you're really in trouble because you have nobody advocating for the truth. You have nobody advocating right. for, to fix for the what's, for what's for real. real, for getting yeah. to the core, and having the you know having the the courage to call out communities and say, "Hey, you're you've been put on notice. You own this as much as anybody else can own this, and this isn't going to change in, unless collectively." Exactly. We decide that we're not going to tolerate the, the culture that allows for an Adam Toledo to go so deep into shit at such a young age. Yep. That's on every one of us because we decide that we're not going to speak up because we're scared of being labeled A, B, or C, or it doesn't fit one narrative or another. Like I, I, I think we all hold the blame as much as we would like to blame the law enforcement that patrols our neighborhoods. It's very well put, Frank. But at the end of the day, it's a a tragic story any way that you put it. For sure. I mean, this kid didn't have to die, and there's 15 different reasons why. And I think the last one is that a police officer made a rash decision. That is just a tragic culmination of a tragic life one that is probably doomed from the start. It's a very sad story. Very, very, very sad story. Yeah. And then
1: I just, I'm just seeing today before we sat down that there was a shooting in, uh, in Wisconsin today and down in uh, Austin today as well. They're while well, they're hunting, they're hunting a guy down in Austin, I think who is suspected of killing three people at least or more. Um, and then i know up in kenosha wisconsin there was uh they're looking for a guy or no they've apprehended a guy that uh killed three people and wounded more at like a
0: bar restaurant it's just <laughs> what what is it what, what is it particularly about right now that is causing so much self-destruction
1: man i feel like it's it's been a snowball for a long time but i feel like especially under the last presidency it feels like and, and not like to blame a, a person or anything like that but or an administration um but it just feels like the the device the, the divisiveness in this country over the last few years is just crazy bro and you're one way or you're the other and everyone fucking hates damn near everyone or or everyone's just got a problem with everyone. Racial tensions are are elevated. So it's like any number of things on top of like a mounting mental health issue that like seems to just keep, uh, you know, probably not being approached or handled like maybe as well as it should be. Um, It it just, it seems like we're like coming to a a point where like, there's so much, so many different tensions from so many different things that, that like this shit is like normal news these days. Like once a week you hear about a shooting or something somewhere else. Um, it's just, it's weird, man. What do you think?
0: I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to call it, but it would, it would seem to me that there's a collective despair, um, within the population. And to get to the point where you've decided that you no longer want to bear the burden of That is your life. You've taken it a step further and decided that you want to inflict as much pain and suffering as possible on your way out of your wretched existence. So you're going to go ahead and tear everything down and take it with you. To me, that is a very specific, unique Phenomenon, something that doesn't or hasn't existed in our past. Because, I mean, think about it. Back when our parents were in school, weapons were not only more accessible, but they were more widely accepted in all places, right? Like, I'm sure, like, your dad could go to high school. When did he graduate? In the 70s? Yes. Yeah. I'm sure he could ride around with a shotgun in his truck <laughs> with no problem. Right.
1: I mean, things are much different, man. He, much he different. used to get pulled he could, over he could, drunk and cops would drive him home.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you could roll around with a shotgun in your truck and go to school. And it was never a problem. Nobody ever thought once about it. Yeah. I think, you know, part of it has to do with a lot of people seeing that this sort of thing is possible the 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 mass destruction the ability to uh, inflict as, as much pain and suffering as possible on your way out of this life yeah the tr- the the decision not only to give up but to also um bring people down with you it's it's not Once people figured out that that was possible and then, and then they realized that the more that they one up the next, then they will live in infamy because we make them infamous because we uh, love to consume this fear porn. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just a, a
1: perfect little mixture I also don't, I would say though, just, I, I don't think it's always premeditated though. Like I, I feel like that's not the only, and not that you're saying it was, but I, I guess I would just, I'd add the caveat. It's not always like a premeditated thing where like, Hey, I'm going to, a lot of times I'm sure it is, but it's not always like a Columbine situation. Um, like I, this Kenosha thing is like, i fight at a bar and now three people are dead because a dude came back in with a gun after he left the bar. Um, it's like sometimes it's just these little things and it could just be like a minor disagreement or like something with about a a girl or what, like it's just some people just snap, man. And I think there's like a more of a story there to just uh, speak on like the mental health of a lot of people, man. Um, But don't you think
0: that like, even if somebody had the inability in, in the heat of the moment to analyze their situation and why they were doing something, I mean, don't you think that, putting your finger behind the trigger is already making that decision. You already know that what you're going to do is going to probably more or less end your life as you know it. And Absolutely. you're ready to go on that journey or you're ready to, you know, come what may True. you're going to, you're going to go ahead and, and and do what you're going to do regardless of the consequences. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that, the normal consequences of committing murder, mass murder, what have you, they don't resonate anymore. They're not a barrier to inaction. And to me, that's the bigger takeaway. It's like, well, Christ, I mean, th- this person just even making this decision is already decided more or less that they're not going to participate in their life anymore and that they're going to ready to throw it all away because of the anger, the rage, the, the, you know, the feeling of that there is no redemption, that there's no, there's no way to come back from where they're at. I think even in the heat of the moment, you know, barring some, some specific cases that's, that's more or less what's going on. You're making a decision to throw it away. Yeah. And I think that is, it's the same thing like you said with heroin, you know? Somebody who is addicted to heroin, even if they're not capable of seeing where they're at in the present and they're not capable of getting well on their own, The reason they're doing it is because they are incapable or they've decided that they're unwilling to be an active participant in in their life and to make it better and to build it up and, you know, to do the thing. So, you know, until we can figure out what it is that makes people turn that switch. And have a blatant disregard for life. I don't think that anything. I really don't think that anything's gonna change, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm willing to listen to a discussion on weapons. That's something that doesn't bother me. But what bothers me is that you can't dis- you can't explain the mental phenomenon you know having a conversation around guns or weapons only puts a band-aid on the issue nobody's asking why this thing is happening nobody's questioning the root cause they're only saying oh well the you know the weapon is the catalyst and so right we should probably attack that no 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 no. and yeah i'm mean, in I mean,
1: no way saying that because i i think it's for, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's a gun issue. Like, you need to take away guns at all. Um, I'm very pro gun. I was raised around guns. Absolutely. I, I you gotta. I think the, the bigger thing is to attack. Like I was kind of saying, like the mental side of this as well. Um, and, and you know, you could maybe eliminate some loopholes, like like the gun show laws, uh, where you know background checks and a lot of that. It's a lot more lax in some of these things instead of going to like a store and and you know going through like the state laws of, of legally getting a firearm. Um, it's not to say that there couldn't be some things that could be tweaked as far as the law side on guns go but um, like you're saying I I agree I I don't think that that is the the main problem the thing to focus on with this issue I feel like the the mental side of this is is a lot bigger of of a problem and something that needs to be addressed
0: 100% there's no There's no societal fix for anarchy, for personal anarchy. There's no, there's no one um, thing, no law we could pass, no uh, regulations we can implement that can allow people to, to s- decide to better their life
1: or ultimately keep guns out of the wrong people's hands cuz they're going to find a way to get them.
0: Yeah, or whatever. I mean, in today's day and age, if you really want to harm somebody or, you know, you mm-hmm. you can get very creative in how you do it. There's there's a, 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 a has been in the past some real glorification of people who decide to take a lot of lives in mass at one time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that provides motivation for somebody who's just had, who's just fed up. Um, I don't know, man, personally, m- me, myself, just in me. And this isn't a, a message that I would ever try and push on anybody or I would ever try and, you know, bring into anything, that, any discussion that has to do with public policy, but I think uh, a, a lot of this issue, a lot of the underlying issue of altercations, like what we're seeing has to do more or less with a uh, a, a godless society. You think, huh? I do. I I, I really do. Nothing else... Nothing else really makes sense. You know, right, wrong, or different about one religion or another, but I think it's, you could confidently say that there is no other institution, at least in the mainstream, that continually poses the question of one's moral character or promotes the questioning of your decision-making in your day-to-day. And that's been lost, I think in large part in a lot of us, there's a lot of us who have gone through the institutions of religion and come out the other side a little bit. um, You know, a little bit feeling like they were manipulated and feeling like they were fed lies. And so an exodus away from organized religion, particularly in the modern age, doesn't surprise me at all.
1: But why do you think that you need organized religion to teach basic like social ethics?
0: I don't think you need it. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary, necessary at all, but I think my question is what other institution is doing that?
1: Why does it have to be an institution though? Why couldn't it just be like America's school system teaches these basic things without a religious viewpoint to it without like well, any kind of way to, sure, to, to describe fine. your life and your death? Cause if you want,
0: but are they doing it?
1: No, no, they should be though. No, you're right. They're not, but, but they should be. But I also don't think you need to be religious to like live a good life. Like I know plenty of people. My wife's one of them never been religious at all. She's probably the best person I know as far as like a social moral compass and has a track record to back that up. And, and as, I don't think it has anything to do with religion. I think it has to do with good parenting. Uh, and she went to public schools her whole life. Like she, she has no, she's probably been in a church five times in her whole life. Maybe. Um, I, I, I just I'm not buying that or that you need religion to 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 do that um, I'm
0: not saying it's necessary what I'm saying is that it once was the norm and now it's not sure and I think you're seeing the consequences of that I'm not saying it needs to happen I'm not saying the other side I, I'm not here to be in it you know, evangelist by any means, I really could care less what an individual decides to believe in. But I do think that the motion away from Judeo-Christian values, a concentrated migration from Judeo-Christian values is a very good place to start in explaining the particular phenomenon that of evil that we see continually permeating our society. Should you, should everybody be religious? It's not for me to say. Right. Certainly not. But you're seeing, I think you're seeing the consequences of a society that has turned their back on, God in whatever way you want to believe what or who God is that again, not for me to say, but I, 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 I certainly am not advocating that the answer to our problems is to go to church. I don't think that's true either because if you don't believe in it, I don't think that forcing you to believe in a deity or some religious sect <clears throat> Or to take Christ as your Lord and Savior uh, is arbitrarily on its own going to help anything? I just think it's a a pillar of society that has crumbled.
1: But isn't 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 that pillar based on? I, I, I know we've touched on this before. I want to hear what you say, isn't, isn't that whole pillar and that whole, the way you're supposed to live your life and be just like an ethically good human, the way that, you know, the 10 commandments say, and, and, and the Bible says, and all, isn't all of that based on living a good life day to day so that you'll have eternal salvation with God at the end of the day. Is it not fear driven in a way? Because like when you die, you want to go to paradise. And that's why you're a good person? Like, why can't you just ethically be a good person because you exist in a society and you want to exist with other people that ethically want to be good? Like why do you have to bring in an explanation for everything of life and death and all these things to like ethically need to, to become a good person?
0: I, I think the answer to that question would be answered if you ask this question, do you believe that we are born as good people? Or do you believe that we are born as prone to our most primal and, I guess, unsophisticated uh, just to shorten it and, and not be so philosophical about it, do you think we're born good or bad?
1: Uh, man, I <laughs> that's hard. I don't think you're born one way or the other. I don't think you're born gay. I don't think you're born like I, I don't think I think your your life is based on your experiences, and everyone's is different. I, I think it's you're born true. You're born into an environment, and that environment is what you become, one way or the other. You could be born into. fucking a ghetto in chicago and grow up and die at 13 because you grew up in a terrible environment you could grow up in a white suburb and you know grow up into a great environment or (laughs) fuck it all up and like get caught selling meth in high school and then you're fucked or whatever like it but like that's based on your environment and the people that raise you i don't think that those people need to be religious in order for you to turn out as a good person though
0: yeah well see that's again i i think that's a very simplistic answer or a very simplistic explanation about what about what a belief in god is because if it, it's not I, I mean i think you could take the religion aside i subscribe to the theory that we are all susceptible to the we are all susceptible to the worst of ourselves and we are prone mm-hmm. to acting on the worst of ourselves without any sort of intervention into that behavior for example if you are just a kid in chicago without any intervention in the inner cities and particularly if you don't have a strong family unit at home, then you are going to get your needs fulfilled however it is that you can come hell or high water. And if that means that you join a gang, if that means that you link up with the wrong people then you're going to do it. And so the point of what I'm saying is you don't have an internal buffer. You're not, you're born with a conscious, but in order for you to live a life that is good, that has morals, you don't need religion, but you need it enforced in your life, particularly as a child, because you don't have the capabilities of doing it yourself. Now, if you want to use your wife as an example of somebody who did it without religion, well, then great. I mean, she's very lucky to have the family she has, obviously, unless she just learned it on her own reading books or whatever. And, and, and in that case, then, you know, she's a miracle. But I don't know of any other influence on somebody's life outside of a belief in a higher power that reiterates what it means to be a good person and to reach for the highest of your capabilities. And it doesn't need to be religion. It could be a strong family unit, but I don't know of anything else that exists that allows for a child to flourish in the way that you would hope a child would flourish. Yeah,
1: I, I think you're right. I agree with you there that I think it is like the best, uh, yeah, almost like a control system of a way to like get people to on the whole across the entire world for thousands of years live as better people. Um, I think at, at its, at its heart, it's definitely that I can totally acknowledge that. Um, I'm, I would just advocate for there to be something that pushes those a lot of those same ethics. Um, apart like I think gay people should be able to be married um obviously um and that that seems to be something that's that's not accepted uh which is kind of ridiculous to me um but it's it's I don't I just don't think that you need you need all the other stuff uh with that has a lot of holes there's a lot of other holes in it man that I think it I think you're like overlooking a little bit in the in the for the purpose of that. Well, like on the whole, it, it, it stands for like something good. The message behind it is good. So like a lot of the other things that like maybe don't make sense or aren't really explained or like yada, 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 uh, there's those things kind of get overpassed because like the overwhelming message is like love and good and, and peace and kindness. But then like there's there's so many times when it falls short or like doesn't explain or has something where like gay people can't get married priests can't get married. So they're molesting kids. And then like leading full it's being covered up and they're leading full services and all these other things. It's it's like, I I can't overlook all those things on top of the fact that there's like no proof of mostly any of it. Um, just in the name of good. I just, I just think that those things can be, should be, they're not. And you're totally right that it is the best way to like spread that message of how you should be. Uh, I just, I just wish there was a way to do that, like and separate it from. All the, so many of the things I have a problem problems with you know what I mean
0: I have a bigger problem with a 13 year old kid joining a gang and getting shot because of it and sure. to sure. hell with hypocrisy about uh, any one thing that somebody has um, a problem with the the very same the very same theme that uh, these Religions or these institutions, based on the belief of God, have been built upon, which is that man is fallible. Sure. And the highest i the highest ideal of of a human of a of of man of mankind is if you're uh, Christian, then it's Jesus Christ, right? And if you're uh, if you're Jewish, well, then you look to the old Testament for your guidance of what God wants you to do. Uh, And you know, if you're a member of Islam, then I'm not very learned on Islam. I I understand there's some very, you know, like any religion has some, you know, outlandish things that they want you to live by hypocrisy, be damned. Um, If, if the one thing that we're teaching our kids and that their parents are living by is the credo that they will do all they can to make sure that their child has all opportunities possible and that they are going to live a life that is centered around the teachings of the highest ideal of what a man of, of what mankind could be. Um, I don't see anything else that is more beneficial than those teachings. So even if it's all fake, even if it is, even if all of it turns out to be complete shit, you will have lived your life aiming for the very highest potential. And to me, there's nothing else that comes close. And so I, I, like I said, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe this to be something that should be f- shoved down people's throats or that we should be, you know, coerced into any sort of believing here. I think that we need to recognize that our stepping away from a society that used to believe in God has consequences And we're seeing them right now. It would be nice if we could decide that we don't have to uh, take in the lecture of a priest who is a part of a fraternity that has done unspeakable things, unspeakable horrors, sins that could never be forgiven by any one reasonable human being. I would love for that hypoxia not to exist and for all of the, th- all of the teachings.
1: We just got to say 15, our fathers and like three Hail Marys and your sins are forgiven though, Frank, you got to go to confession then you're good. You know, like your, your slates wiped clean. That, that's like how it goes,
0: right? I don't know that there's any one person who could, any one sane person, who could do the things that these priests have done and believe that there's a simple penance for it. I think that runs deeper than any one religion or institution or belief in God or belief in redemption. That is crossing a boundary that I think everyone who had ever been there would know at some point or another that they have reached the depths of hell that only a select few people have ever reached the pit of darkness in their soul is gotta be so great that I don't believe that any simple penance would ever suffice. And if they said that it's that, that 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 what I'm saying is wrong. than they're lying.
1: So do you think that like murderers and and rapists and all like these people like aren't actually forgiven? Because it, it's like a forgiving God, right? It's like an all powerful, forgiving God. Is 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 how I like was taught of him. Um. And, and, you know, I, I grew up with all kinds of people it, just in my church. I'm, I'm sure they're everywhere. People like you're saying are flawed, but I mean, people that I saw in church every Sunday went to school with their kids, you know, two times a week, I'd see them in church. You know, they're running insurance scams or the, one of the dads got busted with kitty porn, like all all this different stuff. But yeah. And like, you're, you're believing in this, you're, you, does it all just go away? Because that's, it's, it's forgiven. It's if you did your penance or you you like, and then if it's not like at the end of the day, like you, you're the congregation is mo- mainly made up of of like sinners, as, as as like you're saying, the modern day world is. So like, is it is it really better or is it just like hidden or has this veil over it because you're religious? So like you can there are ways to be forgiven or or get onto the righteous path and and change your life. Like you can do that religious or not. You could if you really want to change, like you're saying, and like be a better person that starts with you. I don't think that starts with a God or with anyone else that starts with you wanting to make that decision to be better and to not be that.
0: Okay. Do you consider yourself a good person? Yes. Why?
1: Because I try, I I actually, something you said a couple episodes really resonated with me is to always be honest. And I I do try to do that. And I've, I've, i i I've never like lived by that creed. But when you said that, I was like, that is a great way to be that. And that's a good way to put it. Um, because if if you're honest and you, if you try to make the best out of every like interaction and relationship and and anything that you have and you put, and you try to be good, I I think that as much as you can, we're flawed. I'm, definitely not a perfect person, but if if you, if you try to be your best in every situation and be honest and truthful and loving, I I think that at the end of the day, you're, you're a better person. You're a good
0: person. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. And, and I, I really don't have anything to disagree with you about there, but I don't know that we have a standard mm-hmm. of what it means to be a good person and I don't think we have a standard of what it means to be a good person because there is no there's there's nothing that we as a society have to juxtapose ju- juxtapose our lives our behavior with an ideal right
1: I agree. Yep, like if I your ideal
0: is you. truth, then fine, you know, then live for that. And if you think that makes you a good person, well, then I think you're on the right track. I don't think we, we have any way to continually audit ourselves or our behavior. And I think that we can think of ourselves as good people, but we don't, I don't think that we question enough how many times that we make concessions mm-hmm. for the things that we if asked by a third party would would say we didn't want to do but we would make a concession for it right oh just this one time oh just this just that you know what have you and so is the is the message from a Christian perspective that all you have to do is announce your sins to God and you'll be forgiven if that's what's being taught or if that's the message that is received by adults then I think they've been duped I think the message is that nobody is nobody is not redemptive there's nobody that can't be saved, And I'm not saying saved by Christ. I'm saying they in themselves have understood what it means to atone for the wrong that they've done. The way I've understood Christianity is that that was the standard for redemption. And if it's redemption in another life, well then... Fine. But I think this life is enough. I think Mm -hmm. being redeemed in this life is enough to make a positive mark. And I don't know of any other thing that allows us to reflect on our behavior and put it up against the behavior or the idealistic teachings of what it means to be a person that follows in Christ. You could make the same argument for people who are Scientologists. Those are some of the most self-reflective people on the planet earth. And it's a big reason why something as cuckoo as Scientology is so effective because it allows people to reflect on their lives to the point where they are telling somebody every tiny little misstep that they've made. Mm. If they put their left shoe on their right foot this morning, somebody knows about it. And you might think that that is toxic and you're probably right, but it allows this person to free up the negative energy inside of them and self reflect and try to walk down a deeper path towards sanctity every day. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I think we could use a little more of that in any way, shape or form that it comes. Okay. So I got one more question
1: for you before I want to move on to some sports and stuff before we end. I want to end a little lighter here. Um, but question for you, uh, as like more and more UFO stuff comes out or something that COVID bit of, uh, in that co- recent COVID bill about, uh, them having to release all UFOs documents by a certain date. If, you know, it could be 200 years from now, whenever, if we ever found out that aliens were real, you know, or that we have been visited or monitored by or whatever for years by, by another race from elsewhere, does that discredit religion? Or does that play into it to where like Jesus could have been an alien or or, you know, you know, prophets Mohammed could have been an alien, like all et cetera. Go on. Does it discredit it? Does it disprove it? And is that why they're not telling the mass of society because they've like almost been lied to for their whole life? If like we were, say, put here or whatever designed Uh, or does that like add to it and it just kind of shifts this perspective of it?
0: I think, I think Elon Musk had a, had a really good point. He was asked, I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast and he was asked by Joe about aliens or what have you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Hey, you know, they're, they're being um, real coy about their presence. You know? I mean, that's the, what
1: he's saying on a huge podcast that he knows millions of people are going to hear. I don't think he but, would go down there and be like, yeah, aliens are real guys. You heard it here first.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the case for, uh, being, being visited by otherworldly beings, um, is a very popular one. And I think that there's a lot of evidence that points to things that we collectively do not have an explanation for. I am totally on board with that. And I think that there's things that we have seen on our time on this earth that we do not have the tools to explain thoroughly. I'm on board with that. If we're if we're visited by other worldly beings. Could it discredit the speaking specifically about Judeo-Christian views about how we came about and how we should live our life. Would it shake it up? Absolutely. Yeah. Would it totally discredit the notion of a higher power? No, I think it strengthens that. Totally agree. Does it, uh, totally discredit um, the life and teachings and uh, following of somebody like Jesus Christ or Muhammad or whoever the hell uh, Jewish folks are waiting on <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I I don't know and I would tend to say no because these people at the end of the day there's like there's no dis- dispute that they were human beings, that they were sinners, that they were not, they were, they were not of God. They were of man. And, you know, they're, they're prophets at the end of the day. They're people who are, are spreading what they believe to be the word handed down from them to them from God. So, uh, no, I mean, I don't think it changes much. I think it just expands on... It will expand on what we believe because it'll expand on our knowledge. It'll make it deeper and our understanding of things will be deeper. But I think it only goes to prove that there is way more that we don't know than we do know. Yes, for sure. And honestly,
1: I think if it... I agree with you. I think that if if we did find out that they were real, uh, I think it, it strengthens the case for religion, um, gives us like a tangible explanation, perhaps, um, and maybe can help us get back as a society to a lot of the good things that come from that book, and from those teachings, um, and I think it fills in a lot of the other holes as well. At least for me, like the way I would look at. Uh, you know, a, a religion necessarily, um, and like an explanation for life and all that stuff. Uh, I think it's just more complete when I look at it that way than I do as, as reading from the Bible and all of that. Um, and I think it would help us return to, I think a lot of the, the, maybe some of the things like gang violence and some of these, all these, all this bullshit that we're surrounded with, I think a lot of that fades away. Um, when you'd have something like this happen. And I think we could get back to a better society if it did, to be honest with you. I feel like they're slowly but surely breaking us in by kind of leaking more and more. Uh, and it's probably harder to keep more and more locked down these days too. I think it's interesting man. I think we're like close to in our lifetime, maybe, maybe finding some shit out. I'm really curious.
0: Yeah, I think I would be, I think I'm more receptive to the idea of uh, a multi-dimensional mm. event happening, more so than like somebody visiting our planet from like, like afar. I like where but you're like, going, but like we—I mean, we already know that something can exist two places at once. Mm-hmm. So, in our lifetime, yeah, I think there will be a very big uh, advancement oh, in quantum physics and quantum theory that wow. allows us uh, that allows us access to things that never, never in our wildest dreams do we think were uh, attainable. So uh, yeah, I agree with
1: you. I like that. We definitely need to get into some uh, nether realms talk one of these other days. Uh, but so in sports a lot of stuff happened uh this past weekend and i wanted to ask you about some of it because i don't know a ton about baseball um but it seems like over the past you know five some years you've seen a shift away from like the big hitters and i'm sure that definitely probably has something to do with steroids but more uh you're seeing more dominant picture pictures from like me as an outside fan um you know your boy down in uh San Diego just did it. And I saw that Ballast point gave him free beer for life. That's fucking awesome. Good for you, Joe, right? Joe Musgrove. That's right. Okay. Uh, and then I know Carlos Rodon just did it here in Chicago, like two days later. Uh, almost had a perfect game. Um, but so I, I'm just curious, like is, is the game of baseball changing where it is more about your pitching than it is about your hitting base running, et cetera. Or was that just coincidence? I just feel like I hear about no hitters way more these days.
0: No, you're, you're right on, you're right on course, but it's, it's actually the, the event that you're talking about is more of an anomaly than anything. Mm. Um, a no hitter is a rare event and it's sort of like playing around a golf where you're just like on the whole day. You don't have an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things that cumulate into throwing a no hitter. Has the game changed? Absolutely. Um, there's... There's a new, quote-unquote, new baseball in the majors this year. They redid something with it because the past few years, it's it's been said that the baseball is juiced. I don't know what that means. I don't know what they do to make the ball bounce off the bat more. But apparently this year... It's a little bit of a different make of baseball. I don't even know how much of that is true. But to your point about baseball changing, the answer is yes. And it has become way more of a specialized way of managing pitching. So instead of having a a starter, you might have somebody that's an opener meaning they just open the game and they're good. If they're on fire that night, they're good for like four innings. You're probably looking to get two to three innings out of the sky and then go to the next and you manage the game from there. And in, in the national league, you always have to throw in the fact that the pitchers hit. So you manage the game from that perspective too, but th- there's a lot more specialization of pitching than there has been previously, and it's caused honestly it's caused the game to to be really, really long because you have a ton of pitching changes, a ton of defensive moves, you're changing lefties on righties, righties on lefties, and um it's all very specialized nowadays mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly changed, but, but you know, the, no, like shoot man, the, the no hitter of the Padres that Joe Musgrove threw for the Padres was the first one in their 60 something odd year history. So, sure. um, no, yeah, it, the pitching has changed, but it's not, um, like the pitching that we're used to even, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought just as a casual fan, I'm like, Oh, that seems, yeah uh
1: you see Lamarcus aldridge is retiring i did not know he is he is retired from the brooklyn nets i think after playing like a couple like five
0: six games maybe uh congratulations to you mr aldridge i uh i wish you a very happy retirement i hope your knees work yes get healthy it was a heart issue he was having uh like uh something with his heartbeat irregular
1: heartbeats um but I, I was curious with him because I always really liked him. Um, I, I think leaving Portland was the biggest mistake he could have made. I think if he would have stayed there, him, CJ, Dame, uh, and you know I feel like they're one piece away from like a, a legit powerhouse, uh, if, if that squad stays together. I mean, the west is a bitch but that's that's a, that's a squad man and uh, i mean you never know Hindsight's 2020 20, and you never know what happens with injuries but i feel like once he left and went to i think he went right to san antonio um i don't know he just never seemed to be the same player never was as dominant and just i don't know i just thought, wondered what you thought about that
0: yes <laughs> It's nice, I don't know I don't know anything analysis. about the NBA I don't watch basketball oh, okay I got never you. been never been a big fan of the basketball man okay. um I know I I, I know who the Aldridge is and I, I know his 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 path through the NBA and all that but I had no idea he was retiring I didn't know he was with the Nets um <laughs> well I'll be our NBA reporter then <laughs> yeah please do
1: please do uh, you like talk foosball, am, talk amongst yourselves I know you're a foosball fan are the Cleveland Browns a serious Super Bowl contender this year after acquiring Jadavian Clowney?
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, I don't know why the Cleveland Browns couldn't make the Super Bowl. Who else um, in the AFC would,
1: would dethrone them? You got huh? Baltimore? Who else in the AFC would be? Baltimore. Would Baltimore. I mean, shoot,
0: man. Um, there was an opening. For, I mean, it took Chad Henne to beat him, but there was an opening there this year for for the Browns to, to go through. Obviously, the Chiefs are, well, yeah. are 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 there to stay. Um, Baltimore is always good. Um, it it always seems that Pittsburgh is like a piece or two away from being incredibly <sighs> incredibly formidable the pats so the get a get a, yeah. a quarterback and they're they're on the radar i you know the browns have the pieces it's not like they're they have a lack of talent in, in any respect i love baker mayfield a lot of weight I, on his shoulders i think he's in, i think he takes a lot of heat for no reason he's, he's an incredible quarterback I, I love him i i don't know mm-hmm. who else you'd want on your team um no, he's a leader. He's he's got a lot of pressure though, man, because he's got
1: a lot, they got him a lot of weapons on offense, and he's got a great defense now. So it's it's I mean, and he's been doing well. But he needs to stop making some of the dumb turnovers, some of the dumb mistakes he makes. Um, because they they yeah, I think they're going to be a serious team, man. I hope I hope for my grandpa's sake they are, man. He <laughs> never got to see him win a Super Bowl, man. Yeah, um, shoot. I'm I, I hope for your grandpa's
0: sake too. I, I have a lot of. I have a lot of love for the Cleveland Browns, and uh, shout out to Javon Clowney. Yeah, I hope he, I hope he uh, yeah, I mean, so he's going to play opposite Miles Garrett? I, <laughs> fuck, what else do you want? <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Uh, do you hear about the Super League over in, in the soccer world? Nope. Dude, craziness is going on. The soccer world is in chaos right now. Um, So it was it's been announced for a while that they wanted to these elite clubs over in Europe want to start up their own league separate from Champions League uh, and their own, you know, individual leagues. They want, you know, based on their on their country location, they want to start a league uh, kind of like a mini Champions League where it's a midweek match so that there's more action during the week for soccer fans, football fans. And you know, provide another avenue for these premier teams to play because these bigger teams are saying that, you know, we week in week out, we're playing against lesser competition, which most of the time is, is true. Um, at the end of the day, we're playing against the same four or five teams in our division. Um, you know, we, we want to be playing at a higher skill level so that when we get to tournaments like the World Cup, like UEFA Champions League, are, we're, we're at a higher level. Um, it's really interesting but the response has been really mixed. Uh, a lot of fans especially of like the smaller teams in all these leagues like La Liga, uh, Premier League, they're really uh, worried that, that you know these smaller teams, these West Hams, these, these uh, smaller teams are, are just going to go away like the, the, the draw will all be to this new big Super League um, and so they announced today the 12 teams that would be going there Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspur, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus. So it's the top teams from England, Spain, and Italy. Not really sure why Germany's not part of it, because they have two, three fantastic teams, Uh, but they're not. Um... And the reason that like these smaller teams are, are so concerned about this, I, I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't live over there. Soccer is, our, our culture is not as ingrained as it is over there. So I I can't probably tell you the full story. But what I what I read is that more of the attention, uh, especially from these bigger teams and, and just like the attention of the world will shift to the Super League uh, away from their own Premier League. So, you know, obviously, they'll still have their core fans, you know, that pull for West Ham always at the end of the day. But like, you know, the typical game when someone might have gone to see West Ham versus Chelsea, uh, that might not be as big of a draw anymore when they can go see Chelsea play Liverpool or Chelsea play Real Madrid on a Wednesday. So the, they're
0: you could see, see Chelsea play Bayern in, in the in the Champions League, right? Sure. But that happens. That's a, that's a once a year tournament. And it's it's it's. it's so I see no problem. I see no problem introducing another tournament like that.
1: No, no, totally no. And but what what they're saying is like we we have to wait. We get to see this tournament once a year, and it's drug out over months with the Champions League. We want to see this this level of skill competition every single week, every Wednesday, Thursday. We want to see these games. And yes, it, it, on paper it sounds great, but UEFA and FIFA are not reacting well, and they're threatening to ban these players from participate if they do this new league, the Super League. They will ban those teams from ever participating in any UEFA event, any FIFA event. So any of those players on like a Chelsea cannot go play in the world cup potentially with what they're saying, um, which is just crazy. It's like, it's like, they're just like, no, we're not taking any competition. We're, we run this shit. This is the soccer world is our domain. If you're going to try to to set up some new thing, you won't be participating in any of our tournaments.
0: Well, what a dumb power move because, (laughs) uh, Go ahead and go ahead and call that bluff. Yeah, all I agree. the best players in the world are banned yep. from playing in the in the World Cup. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. how's that going to work out for you? Mm-hmm. You don't want to yeah, see no Messi. Way. You don't want to see Ronaldo. Absolutely, you don't see all these guys. Yeah. Tell you what, I'll do you one better. Pump every single one of those motherfuckers with as much steroids as possible. <laughs> I want to see the highest caliber soccer players every week, and if they're willing to play. Yeah, bucket. they're going to make more money. Let's the go. TV
1: contracts are going to be huge. They're go- their contracts are all going to be exponentially bigger than they already are.
0: Yeah, all you got to all you got to do is inflame the ego of a couple of these bastards. <laughs> it's game over. It's game over. If they want to do it, I say do it.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree, man. I we'll we'll see what happens, but that's that's a. I mean, the World Cup is like is what you you're you're born for over there, man. Like you're it is it is the highest honor. So to be threatened that you can't participate—that's that's a big deal, man. So I'm I'm really interested to see how it plays out for club
0: and country. Uh, that's right. All right, hit me with one more, and then we got to wrap this up. Uh, honestly, that's maybe all I had for you. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's about it, man. Anything you notice in sports? <laughs> I haven't watched
0: it. I lost. Yeah. I watched the Padres lose two games. They won ah, today. The oh, okay. Stewart Sink. Two-time um, yeah. winner on the PGA Tour, forty-seven-year-old Stuart Sink. He um, he now holds the thirty-six-hole record at the R.G.B. and seventy-two-hole mm. record. I think something like that. He played his ass off this week, and he's now won his second tournament of the year. Congrats to him, man! And his son Stuart is his caddy. Sink. That's
1: badass. That's such a cool dynamic. With his son, right? Yeah, that's his son. And I think uh, Dustin Johnson, is it his brother that's his caddy? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's correct. (laughs) That's the dream right there, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: I know it'd be nice to have a, a PGA tour brother oh my god yeah that dude's living one the good hope
1: <laughs> you don't even have to make the pressure shots either you just get to, I think you should do this uh, Told you so like Told you should <laughs> yeah take it out. dude I'd be in Zach's ear like I said seven. I said suck. seven iron <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs>
1: hell yeah man um, well yeah that, that's all I got man this is uh, this is fun this is a good one
0: yeah man it was fun to catch up uh, it's been a few days um. But uh, I am exhausted from a week end of leisure, <laughs> and um, with that, I will say adieu. Absolutely, as always,
1: and we, we encourage it. We'd love to hear from anyone listening. Please send us like any questions, comments, anything, uh, sponsorship opportunities. Love those. Uh, Send them over to bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'll be sure to answer. And, yeah, we'll see you next time.
0: Bye-bye.